You're listening to the Pure Fury Creations Entertainment Network. The views and opinions expressed on this episode are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the views, opinions, or philosophies of the PFC Entertainment Network or any of the affiliates that make this show possible. This show has also been rated M for mature audiences only. I'm Jason Klaus, and over the course of my life, I have done a lot of different things worn a lot of different hats. But this may be my greatest endeavor yet. Welcome to my show, where on here we will discuss anything and everything that happens in the world around us and how we can go about making things better for you, for me, and everybody that we share this world with. I may go on rants, I will go on sidebars, but it all comes from the heart. Welcome to the Close to the Heart podcast, the flagship show of the PFC Entertainment Network. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a very special edition of the Klaus to the Heart podcast, the flagship show of the PFC Entertainment Network. I am Jason Klaus, and I certainly appreciate you tuning in. And we're going to do something much later this week. Uh, we're coming off. We're starting kind of a new chapter in, in the show. We just had episode 200, and there was a lot of heaviness that, that we tackled in that episode. The last couple of weeks, I guess, we've tackled more heavier topics. This week is not going to be that. Um, I am being joined by a very special guest that I'm going to bring on to the show here in a moment or two, perhaps three. Uh, but a little bit of backstory before we do. Um, and I mentioned this in one, one of the promos and getting ready for the 200th episode because I was actually going to incorporate this topic into that show. However... I felt like when you when you talk about this particular subject, this is the conversation that can go way beyond the 15 or 20 minute mark that I had allotted for each segment of, of 200. And I wanted to have a special guest with me that will expand on that because one of the questions I get asked a lot more often than I probably should or that I thought I would is what is your fascination with the Dave Matthews band so you know anytime somebody asks me that like I am quick to be like well let's have a, let's have a conversation because I want to educate people on why this guy is so important well joining me is somebody that has a great fanfare for the Dave Matthews band and and Janelle um I met you in 2013 or 14, if I'm not mistaken. Has it has been that long. It has <laughs> been that long. Um, you and I work at the same place, although we're in different areas now. Mm-hmm. And if, it, if memory serves, when you and I met, 
you were you had either just transferred to the Flint location or you were still new in the area. I don't remember exactly how, how that worked out. I was a temp at the time. And you and I, it seemed like for the for your first week in trim shop, you and I were paired together and worked <laughs> on you know, like we had to split a job, right? But it was during that time that you had made mention that you were a Dave Matthews fan. And that's not something that you generally hear a lot in open conversation like that because for the longest time, up until maybe the last five or so, five or six years, he's been kind of a, I don't want to say like a cult type of fanfare, <laughs> but there is something to that, right? Because he's you don't necessarily hear him on pop radio stations or current radio stations. You got to be dialed in and download the albums and all this mm -hmm. stuff, right? So. Before we get into our fanfare for, for DMB, let's uh, kind of lay the groundwork. And number one, I appreciate you taking time out, out of your weekend to, to be here for this. And we talked off air. This is the last recording session in this particular apartment because I'm in the process of moving. I put everything on, on hold so that because I wanted to do this, this was important. And I really appreciate you taking time to, to be here. So thank you for that. Well, thank you for having me. And I'm really excited about this. Who knows? This could, uh, this could open a whole new door of endeavors for, for you if this is something that you, uh, you take an, an interest in. But, I mean, let's talk about it. the Dave Matthews Band. Um, I'm I, full, full disclosure, I'm a little bit late to the party. You know, it wasn't until around uh, 2007, 2008 that he finally came across my radar. Other than uh, the few songs that you would hear on the radio, what would you say was the first one that I I remember hearing on the radio? I'm like, that's got a unique sound to it. But then it was like, who is that? You're like Dave Matthews Band. And then there was like an unfair stigma to him that he was elevator music or things of this thing like people didn't take the time to really listen to what all was happening and i think um dave matthews band is an acquired taste absolutely you either love it or you hate it there's no in between really so how how did the band come come across your radar i was 10 years old um and my uncle who is six years older than me he's like an older brother to me, he had the Crash CD. Okay. And he would play it in his bedroom, and I, you know, wanted to be around him all the time. So I started listening to it. Then I've been a fan ever since. Was there one particular song on that album that is like, ooh, this is the, the one that, that got me? <laughs> the Crash album is a very good album. Yeah. There's a lot of great songs on it. Um, I think Tripping Billies is one of my favorite songs on that particular album. <laughs> is that the best? I mean, that's a good one. It, oh, it's great. It really is. <laughs> and I think, in I'm obviously not going to speak for you in terms of what is it about the band that, that registers with you. For me, I'm very much, like, I have, obviously, you've known me well enough <laughs> to know that I have a very entrepreneurial, you know, brain. You know, everything, <laughs> you know, clearly, right. Um, 
but everything that he puts out all of his original music not 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 his covers or anything like that but the original songs that they put out he's done some good covers though. we're going to get to that <laughs> to we're going to get to that here that's going to be i think in segment two here because that yeah we'll we'll get to that in, in, in a second but his original music his original songs are actually written and performed by him by the band mm-hmm. they're not manufactured they're not you know done in some studio and he's coming in and like, like they are in one spot at one time writing recording and putting the stuff out there in this day and age with all the technological advances I think for me, that's what makes him stand out, that band stand out, because he, in my opinion, is one of the last true bands that that put the, all that into that without somebody else writing their music or their lyrics. What he's putting out there is pieces of his and every other member of that band's soul. Would you agree with that? I would. Um, one thing that I really like about the band as a whole is they implement a lot of different musical instruments too that you wouldn't hear normally in say like a rock song or um, you know they use horns yeah. and strings and I think that sets them apart as well. It does, and you can de- you can definitely tell the different musical influences in a lot of their songs. Um, I the one that comes to mind. Oh, I knew I was going to fr- forget it, but. It has a very. Is uh, it the one with the choir in it? No. Oh, because I love that song. Stay. Yeah. By Dave Matthews. Yeah. That that <laughs> is that is a great one. Uh, but there there was one album that came out, and it has a very Mexican or Spanish uh, tone to it. Uh, God. Is it with Santana? No, but I know what which one you're talking about. This that's was a great song too. What album was this on? It was the the one after uh, Big Whiskey and the Grugex King. That which, by the way, sidebar is my favorite Dave album. Is I, it? I can listen to that album from start to finish, not skip a song, know all the words, love that, and I think I and I think there's personal attachment because the year that album came out is the year my son was born. So I can incorporate, you know, a lot of like I'm listening to this album while I'm taking care of my newborn son. You you see what I'm saying? But, you know, full disclosure, it was actually my ex-wife that got me tuned into the Dave Matthews band. Like she and her sister were huge fans. And like, you know, back in the day when we would start dating somebody, we would make mixtapes, right? Oh my gosh, a mixtape. <laughs> <laughs> well, she made, you know, when we started dating, it was no longer mixtapes. It was downloading music and burning CDs. Yeah. <laughs> she burned me a two-disc set of her favorite Dave songs. And, like, it, like I listened to them all the time so I could get a better understanding as to why this guy resonates with her because I wanted her to be, I was into ACDC and I was into Hank Jr. and I was into this, that, and the other things. So I wanted her to have an interest in it too. But man, she made me those CDs. And I'm like, this is just now that I'm actually listening, listening to the lyrics and you really get a feel for what in the hell is happening. Um, Cause that's the kind of music that resonates. Cause you can tell there's something very personally driven uh, behind this, but 
as I did research on him, you know, he grew up in South Africa and, and, and yeah, all this. Yeah, it's just, it's crazy that, because when you hear him, you don't think that he's South African or that he was born in South Africa or anything like that. So when... To be fair, he only lived there for a few years. Like, he was born in Johannesburg, mm -hmm. and then his family moved to the States. But he still has a very personal tie to the South African... I would agree with you there, because a lot of music, um, it seems... Um, I guess the word I would use like ethnic. There's ethnic backgrounds yeah. and, and tones and stuff to the, to the songs. Um, I was trying to look the song up that you were thinking of with the. I feel like it's Gracho or, or or something. Because yeah. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Yeah. On break. Onto no. <laughs> on, on break, I'll 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 look it up and and do some research. Um, but for you, you said that the the Crash album was that was your first exposure to the band. Yeah, and I think that's a a pretty good one too. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot of upbeat songs because I know some of the songs can get very um emotional. Yeah. And, um, and deep. I mean, meaningful lyrics. So. To get somebody interested, it's easier to have something that's upbeat, light, and fun that makes you want to move, you know? Yeah. So I think that was a good album for me to kind of reel me right in. That album had a little bit of everything. Yeah. You know, you had your upbeat songs, and much like you're saying, you, he has a lot of deeper songs, and a lot of the lyrics, if you're just listening to them on the surface, you're like, well, this makes absolutely zero sense at all. But if you actually dial into it, Yes. Yeah. You're like, oh, wow. That was worded very uniquely. He's very intelligent. Oh, absolutely. You know, you watch him on TikTok. I sent you a TikTok or two. And <laughs> I love it when you do that. <laughs> he, uh, you know, he he has a knack of, of portraying himself like he doesn't have a clue. But at the same time, he is one of the most intelligent people. You And you know he is when, when he's in an interview and he's talking about something very serious poverty or mm -hmm. you know th things of this nature things that he is very passionate about he's passionate about the environment he's yes, passionate he about you know human rights and things of this nature and that's a topic i think people because he's passionate about the environment they always bring up the accident with his bus um where they dump waste into a river mm -hmm. and, um, i like to tell people when they bring that up that he did so much work to rectify that and donated tons of money for the cleanup of that project and has been very instrumental in in a lot of environmental um campaigns yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. campaigns or i it's funny i wasn't going to mention that because i was i know i was gonna mention that. but whenever you know for the first little bit when i was saying something like He's like, what do you listen to? I'm listening to Dave Matthews. Oh, what's he going to do? Dump shit into right. the Chicago River again? Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're you're getting bits and pieces of what actually mm -hmm. happened here, and you're just throwing it on this guy like he opened up the hatch and just just emptied it his had toilet. Nothing to do with him or the band. Right. It was the driver, and um, I think the um, can't remember what it was. Some some crew members. It wasn't him. Right. It wasn't the band. Right. And because if, 
we just got done saying if, because he's such an environmentalist, there's no way he would knowingly allow something you know like that to happen. And like you said, and to his credit, he went above and beyond because how many other celebrities or musicians would have done that? They would have just, you know, signed a check over or whatever and been done with it. No thought about it whatsoever. Okay, I fucked up. But he actually was invested. He felt horrible. That's the kind of person that he is. You you see that. And that's why I implore anybody and everybody, go find some of his interviews on YouTube, on TikTok, and actually listen to what the man's saying. The dude could run for president tomorrow, <laughs> and I would vote for him because he's got his finger on the pulse for what I believe is truly one the most important issues facing our society here now and our generations ahead of us because we've gotten so far away from what i call and anybody that's listening to the show for any length of time the basic fundamentals of life like he dials in on that i think that's why i have such a an appreciation for him now going back to the whole thing this whole this whole misconception that his music is elevator music or it's this or it's that you, you really you're missing the boat here and and i would argue that any anybody that has that opinion i would turn that around on them and i have in conversations like well what's your favorite band and then they would tell me and then i would fire off with well are they doing this? Do they write their music? Do they do this? Are they doing that? You know what I'm saying? So what is it about that band that, that attracts you to them? I feel like with Dave Matthews and his fan base, this warehouse movement, it ain't just a fanfare. Like he really does take care of his people and he really takes care of his fans and he really makes a concentrated effort if you go to his live shows and we'll go to that, we'll talk about that here and more in a little bit too. That's a party, man. And there that's not, it's unlike any other concert I've ever been to. When's the last time you went? It was the 2019 tour. I think it was him and Tim Reynolds oh, during the so acoustic. Yeah. yeah. That one was great. I was there. But at Pine Knob. Yeah. yeah. I just went this past summer. Mm -hmm. Um my Facebook pictures and everything will show that. But right. I go almost every year. Right. And during COVID we couldn't go. Um, which was sad because it's it's a tradition for me and my best friend. We go every year together since we both made the connection you and I made right. that we're fans. And we've gone every year since. I'm working on my sixteenth concert. Um, next year will be my 16th. Um, but, um, yeah, it's like a sea of people there. It's packed. The, we always go to Pine Knob and the pavilion is packed. The pit is packed. Right. The lawn is packed. People are walking everywhere. It's a huge fan base. Huge. Not only that. And everybody's there to have a good time. I was just going to say there's that. There's no fighting. There's no nothing. There's a lot of marijuana. Well, sure. <laughs> sure. There is. Uh, it's a good time. Right. There's no There's no 
there's no feeling of animosity. There's no worry of a fight breaking out. It is a vibe. Like yeah, there, sure. there, there are certain bands, certain musicians who just bring out a vibe. One that is harmonious, one that is calm, one that is happy. Happy is the key word. Right. He could be, you know, his 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 sets go for a couple of hours. Yeah. And always an hour. Yeah, at least one, right? Always. You know, and his tempo of music will go up and down. You know, he'll start off high energy. He'll bring it down a little bit for a song or two, pick it right back up. But the way he's able to seamlessly take one song into the other, you know. That, and I love how he gets the crowd um, into it. Like, there's a lot of crowd participation. Yeah. And if you've gone to shows, you kind of pick up on the certain things. There's like... um what would you call it, an interlude, like between one song and another yeah. one. And the crowd sings yeah. um, Honey, Honey, um, which is wonderful. And uh, people get their lighters out or their phones, and it's like everybody's just there to have a good time with each other. And you just feel loved. And <laughs> I feel like... It's great. And I, I have a, a DMV playlist on my phone. I listen to it several times a week. I don't Who mind. Doesn't? It. Right. <laughs> if you appreciate good music, you're going to do this. But I, one of those songs is it was recorded because he does, he, he records all of his live shows that, mm -hmm. that they will, you know, re release later on down the line. And if you are a member of the warehouse, yes, um, which is his fan base, his, his, his fan club, which is, it offers a lot of great things too. The really warehouse does. does. Um, early ticket sales, merchandise, exclusive yeah, merchandise exclusive. that you can't get in. Um, the trips that they do, because sometimes Tim and um, if you're a real fan of Dave Matthews, you usually call him Dave. So mm -hmm. <laughs> um, Dave and Tim, uh, they they do a thing in Cancun. Um, they've done it a few times, but you get um, early access to that to book right. a trip, and it's like a three day all inclusive trip. And then you get to watch Dave and Tim on the beach every night. Right. I want to go. I How awesome would that be? I, I would love to go. Yeah. Um, his, you, you know, we were talking about the the live event experience and the interludes and mm -hmm. the fans singing. One of the songs I have on my playlist was recorded at Wrigley Field in Chicago, and a Jimmy thing. Oh, I love Jimmy thing. That's and one of my favorite songs. The first two verses like they're the band's playing you hear the band playing and when you think dave is about ready to start like the crowd is what sings the first two whole courses or, or or verses and it's like this might be the most impressive thing i've ever heard because when you hear a crowd sing you're like okay yeah i can kind of hear what, what they're saying but these people were in unison mm -hmm. and they were coming I just got yeah i right <laughs> um they were in unison and and the way the microphones picked up on them you heard every single syllable of and that's a complicated song and his live albums usually are like that they're very clear yeah. um i have one live at the red rocks that it's a two disc album i love it it's so clear you feel like you're right at that venue right if if you've got surround sound going on and and you can pump that through and because I had something like that at my old house 
and uh you know you put on a live album and like the crowd was the crowd noise sounded like it was all around you mm -hmm. and you don't hear that that clarity with a lot of live albums you know um when i download music i usually don't go for live songs because they're not clear right the audio is not good audio right so but with them it's different you, you can really tell that he he has dialed in on the fact that that is a big part of his presentation. Mm -hmm. So obviously he's going to reinvest in that to make sure that and that goes right back into he really has his finger on the pulse in terms of the the amount of people that support them and uh, for him to reinvest in the kind of audio equipment that makes the crowd as big of a part of that performance of that song as the band themselves to me and you know it may not seem like a, a big thing but it is because from an entertainment standpoint there's millions if not billions of other musicians and bands and movies and tv shows and everything that wants our attention for entertainment if we take the time to invest in his band or in him or what whatever the case may be he's going to make damn good and sure that He's, you were getting the absolute best of what he has to mm -hmm. offer. Would, would you agree with that? I would. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, uh, we're just kind of scratching the surface here. We are going to run a timeout, and uh, we'll come back and talk about more of all things DMB. I want to get <laughs> your take. I want to know, you know, he's he's done a lot of iconic venues, and a lot of them are annual stops on his tour. Mm -hmm. Um, and we're going to do a little bit more deep dives here. So stick around. More of the Klaus to the Heart podcast where we're talking about all things DMB is right after this timeout. There's some exciting new changes that are coming to the PFC Entertainment Network. New podcasts, new hosts, new topics, new guests. It's a whole new ball game as we enter a new schedule beginning this fall for the network on Mondays and kicks off Wednesday. Watch, followed by the flagship show, the Cause to the Heart podcast on Tuesdays. Wednesdays, we go back in time with power tripping through the age. It gets a little hot on Fridays with new episodes of the Heat Pet, and on Saturdays we'll see alternating podcasts between the Real Podcast and Turnbuckle Time Machine. Also returning this fall will be Hanging with the Hitman with Todd Gilbert and Brett Forty. You can check out all of the great shows from the PFC Network on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Klaus to the Heart Podcast, the flagship show of the PFC Entertainment Network. We are talking about all things Dave Matthews Band on this week's episode. And Janelle is here with me. She's a, a, a longtime close personal friend of mine, somebody I have the utmost respect for. And Aww, well, sure. Actually, you know, a full disclosure to pull the curtain back a little bit. Uh, this is the Don't first time. No, certainly not. We got we got to be discreet about some shit here, right? But it's like this is the first time you and I have seen each other in a couple of years. Yeah. Um, I went to the body shop, so I'm on like a desert island. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm over in the, well, it's not new anymore at this point. It's a few years old, but I'm in the newer trim shop. And, uh, you know, as it happens and in a place that big, you know, you go your way, I go mine. And, but I guess, you know, as critical as I am of social media, and I truly am, anybody that listens, you know, to my show for any length of time knows I have a love-hate relationship with social media. But one of the good things is that I get to keep, you know, keep track of what's going on with you. Yeah, you know? and keep in touch with people. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there, there is that, that aspect of it. But I spend entirely too much time on social media. So I can agree with you that it's a love hate. It is, you know, and I, I've actually dialed it back quite a bit. I don't put nearly as much of my personal shit out there as I used to, which, you know, we kind of talked about mm-hmm. a little bit off, off air here, but anytime that I am on there, it's usually to promote this or something, some live event or something that's happening. So. And I'm the opposite. Right. I love transparency. This is who I am. And I post things on Facebook some people disagree with it and some people agree with it and some people think you know why would you post that but this is who i am right. i love the transparency of it you know this is you, what you see is what you get and i that's the one thing i've always loved about you Thank is you. is that is not a new thing that is how you have presented yourself from day one that that i met you and you know, yeah, we're, we're we're able to keep track of each other on social media but i'll i'll tell you your posts are among the most entertaining things that come across my newsfeed. So I, you know, I, I appreciate it. Quality content. That's <laughs> damn sure. Yeah. So getting back on track here, we actually, you know, we, we ran a break here um, in between segments because we are recording this through the actual website instead of going through Skype. And uh, so it, it only allows me 30 minute increments. So, we actually sat here for like 15 minutes and had a sidebar conversation that I kind of <laughs> wish we actually had recorded. So <laughs> I did too. Um, I think from here on out, you know, as soon as we get up, I'm just going to, you know, hit stop and then hit re-record and then, you know, whatever comes out, comes out. I think that's what makes for the best episode. Organic. It is organic. Yeah. It, you know, it's not propped. It's not manufactured. It's just how the, the conversation, you know, transpires. You look at Dave Matthews Band and their catalog of work. Since it was it nineteen ninety four? They they became a band. Is that right? Ninety one. Was it ninety one? Yeah, ninety one. They became a band. I believe nineteen ninety four was their first album. Okay, I I knew ninety four stuck out for a reason. And did you know um, their first gig that they did as an entire band? They didn't have a name for the band, so. Dave just wrote his first and last name on the sign-in sheet. And when they were introduced, they said, here's the Dave Matthews band. And they just kept the name. It's funny you say <laughs> that because I uh, I have a, like a trial thing with Sirius XM. And Dave Matthews has their own channel yeah. on there. And that was one of the stories that somebody, I, it, it wasn't Dave, it was one of the other band members. I, maybe Carter, the drummer. I love Carter. Jesus Christ, dude! That that guy One of the is the best drummers, in my opinion, in the game. Right I now. would. I'll go ahead and say it. He is the best drummer. There is. I don't know. There well, is. I would argue that because um, what is it? Getty Lee from. No, it's not Getty Lee. Who's the drummer from Rush? 
Okay. Neil Peart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Neil Peart's the best drummer ever. But All right. Carter uh, is a good one who is still living. Yeah. <laughs> that dude. Neil Peart, man. I, touch him. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's because I was never, and I get a lot of heat for this. Not a retro. I am not. I never have been. You are or you're not? No, that that's one of those bands you you're you're either in or out. I am out. And I'm sorry, I'm yeah, well, I, I understand that. I understand that. I don't know. It just, but I could sit there and and watch a twenty minute video of just Carter beating the shit out of the drums because he uses his entire set. Yeah, he the, no nothing goes unused, and I love that about him. And he's very, um, he's excited. Every single time that he's up there, it's not a job for him. Right. It's, he's having fun. I was just going to say that you would never see him not smile. Exactly. Always smiling. Could be the, like a slow song and he's just kind of vibing, vibing <laughs> but he's got a smile on his face. Mm -hmm. he, he could be full blown. And I mean, that, that set is just rocking. It's, you can't see his arms because they're moving so fast. Smiling. Love that about him. I know um, one thing me and my best friend, Jackie, um, we strive to do is we want to get in the pit mm -hmm. and we want a drumstick at mm -hmm. the end of the show because Carter always throws his drumsticks out. And uh, she wants one back. I can understand that. And if I got one, because she's my best friend, I would let her hold it, but I would want it back. <laughs> <laughs> you can take a picture of it. <laughs> hold it. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, listen, we, you know, he's he's done how many albums? You know, studio albums, and then so many more live albums. Because, mm -hmm. like we we talked about in the last segment. All of his live shows are recorded either for Sirius XM because they they have like a Friday night concert series thing that, that they do on there. And they will actually broadcast his entire show on, on there, which I think is really cool. Not a lot of bands do that because they they want you to buy the tickets to mm -hmm. go to the venue and stuff like that. So if we're going to put this on the radio, what is what is the motivation for people to buy the tickets, leave their house, pay for parking, blah, blah, blah. Listen. Dave Matthews Band fans show up. It does not matter. Mm -hmm. It does not matter. Um, rain or shine, too. For um, sure. I've been to concerts in the rain and stood in the rain the entire time, and that is a whole nother experience. Yeah. I mean, I, everyone can experience that. I have, Especially main, <laughs> I have maintained, and uh, there are people like my brother. My brother was very critical of Dave Matthews. Very much. Um, a lot of people are. Yeah, um, but he agreed to go with me, and he said, "Look, that, the next time he comes to town, I'll go." I'm like, "Okay." Well, that was the Dave and Tim tour. Mm -hmm. It was the the stripped down, one. the acoustic, yeah. the whole band wasn't there, and I was like, "Shit," because my my brother was very hard to impress, you know, especially when it comes to music, because his he was all over the place in terms of his fanfare he went to that show with me and like i was nervous because i was like man he's gonna get bored he's gonna be pissing and moaning he's gonna ruin my time but he didn't like he was dialed in and he's like i've never been to a show like that and um i could actually feel the music and that <laughs> is the whole vibe whether it's the whole band or whether it's just him and tim it's a vibe one way or the other you know 
Tim technically isn't a member of the band, but he is a member of the band, and right. he is an incredible guitarist. Um, I I really enjoy when they put him up. Most of the concerts I've been to have been at Pine Knob. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been to a couple other venues, but they put, put like the video up of the artist, whoever's up there. Mm-hmm. And when they zoom in on Tim, he is so into the music. Um, you can in his finger work on the guitar, very impressive. Yeah, he's a very talented musician. Underrated. Oh, for sure. Criminally underrated. Yeah. Criminally. Yeah, that's a good way to put that. Yeah. He he really is. Um, and much like you're saying, like that's the cool thing about YouTube is go 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 watch this guy. Like if you oh. if you have an appreciation for 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 the guitar and people who know how to play the guitar, go look at Tim Reynolds. See what he's doing. Incredible. See it really is. And but you know, you you talk about like he's he's up there vibing. It's almost like is is he just an autopilot is he even yeah. there like but he's just so like he feels what he's playing and, mm-hmm. and, and no human should be able to move their f- fingers the way that he does he i mean he's really impressive and i mean i haven't that's why jackie and i would like to go to this cancun thing so that you're you're close and you're you see them and get to interact with them throughout the, the time but you really get an up close Normally, you're pretty far away at a concert. Right. You get an up close and personal interaction, like with them. And I feel like it would be very appreciated for me to like see that. Yeah, you know, you would have a be- well, like yeah, exactly, a better appreciation Absolutely. if you're able. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Now, and who doesn't like Mexicans? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you you look at all the different songs. And like we we have talked a little bit earlier in the show about he doesn't get a lot of mainstream airplay on the radio for whatever reason, either by his call or it just doesn't register or whatever the case may be. But he's got so many legitimate what could be chart topics. Oh, great songs, yeah. And, and ones that I feel like if the masses were more aware of, they would have a better appreciation for him and they would, I don't know, you know, it's hard. It's hard to have a conversation like this with somebody who doesn't understand what they're all about, the band, what they're all about until you're able to really dial in. Okay. Listen to this song. Mm -hmm. I think this song will resonate with you. And like Mm -hmm. I have, I've turned a lot of people into Dave fans. Me too. Because you're like, wow, you're going through Look this. Look at us, Right. <laughs> like, you're going through this right now. I feel terribly for you. Why don't you listen to this? Like, not just listen to it, but like, hold the thing up. Read the lyrics. Yeah. You have to read the lyrics. Sometimes he can get a bit mumbly. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that does help too. Yeah. I mean, not as mumbly as Eddie better, but. <laughs> well, for sure. But some songs. Can... I, um. The lyrics. Yeah, we we talked out. We talked about it earlier in the show. We talked about it off air too. Like some some of his like all of his songs that he writes has something of a meaning. Mm-hmm. It's it's either in your face and blatant, or it's more more c- cerebral. So, yeah. You have to think about it, right? Yeah. Um, we 
you have i i think you have a list of song your favorite songs of his we were sitting here kind of working on it during the break here i started with the list you started the list (laughs) it's not very long do you have one song that that is your go-to like if you're going to listen to one dave song or is it too difficult to pick just one there are a few songs depending on my mood if i want to listen to dave Mm -hmm. um one of my go-to songs that I could listen to day or night, any mood, is Recently. Mm-hmm. And I I like the music. I like the lyrics. Um, that's a great song. But if I'm feeling a little funkier, I like Cornbread. Cornbread is one of my absolute top five songs. It's a good one. It's a great one. And it's, <laughs> you know, we were talking a little bit, like, he's a, he's kind of a dirty motherfucker at the times. The lyrics yeah. to Cornbread. <laughs> I mean, we could pull him up and read a little section of it, but, or play it. Uh, but yeah, it's very, um, I could actually do that. It, don't I, make me blush now. <laughs> this, uh, this is actually, this is the version, like, I know it's a studio song too, but. I have it on my iTunes, I can I have the live version where it was just him and, and Tim at Radio City Music Hall. Oh, mine's at Wrigley Field. Oh, is it? Yeah. I could, it's got a long intro, so we probably shouldn't. But the lyrics. I well, this up. one, this one does it. So here, we'll do it on, on here. Yeah, So, yeah, I mean, we we can't play the whole song here, but we we can play snippets before people start getting all all excited about it. But that that's one example of like cornbread is one of those songs where you're like, well, there is no doubt like what he's talking about. But there's there's other songs where you gotta kind of you know take the time to put it in into context. Exactly what is it, what stemmed this particular thought, what what stemmed this particular song. Uh for me it's Gravedigger. That that song is wonderful song. It really is. And like for the first couple times I heard it, I was like, what in the fuck is going on here? Like there's three, there's, there's, there's different generations and all this, yeah. but man. It's a perspective of life. Yeah. That's what it is. Like it starts and ends. Yeah. Trials and tribulations you go through. Just one, that's one of my go-to songs. And Jimmy thing is, you know, we I talked about Jimmy. that earlier. That, that, that's another one for me. Rhyme and Reason though. Uh, that is a song that hits on a completely different level that you know you're talking about the very dark side of life you're talking about drug abuse you're Mm -hmm. talking about you know really going you know trying to pick yourself up out of rock bottom but it's just pull you know pulling you down and stuff like that and you're like man at the first time i heard that song i was going through some shit and uh that song came across my radar and it's not just what he was saying, but like the tone of his voice. His voice is very rough, very aggressive in, in that song. Much more yeah, than gruff. what. 
Yeah. Like, Much more than what you would hear in a cornbread or ants marching or, you know, a more upbeat song. Like you really get a a different feel for him. And that that's another thing that attracts me to his music is he's able to adapt and and to change his voice with with different tempos and things of this nature not a lot of artists are are able to to do that this is the way they sound it doesn't matter what they're talking about this is just how they sound well with him he's able to change how his voice comes out and you know he's higher or he's Mm. lower and more gruff he has pretty good range yeah he hits notes i can't that's why i'm like yeah okay you know because i go up to like back roads in in holly you know quite a bit and it's usually during karaoke night and they're like hey you know you should do karaoke because i haven't done it there yet but i I was like man i i would want to do a dave song but you know i'm almost afraid to because i don't want to shit on it for the lack of a better term you know what i'm saying because that but that's my appreciation for him as an artist mm-hmm. for the song that i would attempt to do yeah it's um, a compliment yeah but i don't i don't want to be like god damn <laughs> why why would you attempt that and you just shit on the song and all this other stuff but um it really speaks volumes to just the overall well you said it range mm-hmm. you know but it's not just specifically tied to the music scene. This dude, we we talked about it earlier, just how creative he is. Not his artwork, for one. Yeah. Like he did the the album cover for Grugux yeah. King. And I was impressed by that. Yeah, it, it was very, and that was very much influenced by like the Egyptians and, mm-hmm. and things of this nature. So you saw the different influences, different cultures in his artwork. And but, I think a, a lot of it too was attributed to Leroy Moore. Yeah, you know, yeah, like that, that album. whole album was, I think, a tribute to him. And I think he is um, the Grugux King. Let's let's talk about that for a minute because yeah, that was this sad. this is this is a big part of the Dave Matthews Band. Leroy Moore was their original saxophone player, mm-hmm. and um, this is. I mean, Dave Matthews Band was on my radar when he had his accident and subsequently passed away. Yeah, I was ATV very, accident. very, yeah, very early on in my fandom, so I didn't really have a gravity of the situation. I like, I knew my ex-wife was extremely upset, and I wasn't going to shit on it because it was a part of her band, you know, the, yeah. or or somebody that she really thought of a lot of. But you go back and you listen to the songs that that he played on you're like man what a soul what a actual soulful sound mm-hmm. that he was able to bring out through a saxophone you know what i'm saying i was at a concert when he played he had like an alto sax and a tenor sax and he had both of them in his mouth at the same time and he played both of them no kidding at the same time <laughs> What kind of talent? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that means like that's like split brain stuff. Yeah. Like one side is doing this, the other side is doing that. That's incredible. It, not you don't hear that, you know, and that I and I, I and I recognize now how special he was. Like I didn't okay. have I, I didn't have an appreciation on the level that that I should have 
before that, but it was obviously a huge void for for the band. Yeah. Um, there's been a couple losses from the band. Um, his obviously he had no control over, but um, some members have taken breaks, like mm-hmm. Boyd Kinsley, the uh, violinist. Yeah. He's on like a a break from the band to um do some family stuff and take care. And family is important. Yeah. You know, family first. So I, I get that, but he's missed also. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, the first, talk about Boyd Tinsley, he is the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, first time I saw him, <laughs> almost embarrassing to say this. I actually looked at Carrie. I'm like, why the fuck is Booker T part of <laughs> the Dave Matthews band? And she's like, she knew exactly what, what I was talking about. She's like, it's not Booker T. That is Boyd Tinsley. He's the violinist. And I'm like, an amazing violinist. He really is. Really you, you, listen, man. you listen to the songs that, that he is, that he has, especially the live ones. Front and center. Like yeah. The, the strings front and like, center. I remember the first time I saw them in concert, he was doing a solo and like the strings on it were busting oh, as, yeah. as he was playing. I'm like, this motherfucker's incredible. And then you start realizing because you get like Dave gives every member of the band a little bit of spotlight to do yeah, their thing. Yeah, to shine. Yeah, yeah, which and I think is great too. I do too. You know, because he's the front man, but he he doesn't look at it that way. Mm-mm. They're they're all important in this band. Yeah, you don't see that very often. Right. My favorite member of the band is not Dave. It's the father. I, I love it. the basses. Yeah. I love how he just feels it and he rocks, dances with it. Yeah. Um, funny little thing about Stefan Lesser, um, he dropped out of school when he was like 15 or 16. And uh, his teacher told him, like, you'll never amount to anything if you don't finish school. And here he is in this band that tours every single summer. They have multiple studio albums, and, you know, he's very successful. Do you know, and, like, I had to go into Google and pull up facts and figures to to back up my argument, because <laughs> do you know that Dave Matthews Band in the last 10 years is the most profitable tour of all music? I would believe that, because I've attended the shows, and I see the crowd. Yeah. It is. I mean, it's so dense in there that you have a hard time walking around. Yeah. Now, the the common argument right now is when that when that gets brought up, well, Taylor Swift is doing this and Taylor Swift is doing that. Look, this recent tour where she's booking fo- football, <laughs> the yeah, the football stadiums and stuff like that. That this is not what she's used to. So yeah, on paper, this tour that that she's on breaking all kinds of records, but yeah. on a consistent basis. Yeah, I was just gonna say the consistency. Yeah. Because I've been attending concerts, Dave Matthew Band concerts. I think my first concert was in two thousand six. Mm-hmm. Um, my very first Dave Matthew. Um, every single year, every single concert I've attended has been exactly the same. Packed. Almost you can't move. Mm-mm. But it, it's not that overwhelming type of crowd where you feel like, oh, God, there's so many people around me. No, they're all pleasant. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's the, that is pleasant the people. big, big part of it. And I thought, well, maybe this is ju- just a pine knob thing. But in what, 09, I think it was, or 2010, 
we went and seen them three times within a week in three different oh, states. Wow. We, it started at Pine Knob. We went to Burgettesville, and they have an outdoor stadium or an outdoor venue, much like Pine Knob. And then we went to someplace in Ohio, and every show was different. the 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 sounds or the song set was oh, different. Yeah. yeah, everything. But the vibe was all the same. Packed. It was yeah. It was it was tailgating in the parking lot. It was the vibe in the actual venue that was uniform, no matter where we were, what state we were in, and I feel like. No, if you were to go to Red Rocks, which is a venue, I would, I would love, love to go that. to Red Rocks. The Gorge. Yeah, the oh, Gorge is another one. Um, those are actually if, bucket list. Things. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, especially the Gorge. Yeah, that's absolutely a big one for me. beautiful, beautiful setup. Mm-hmm. If you've seen videos of it or whatever, um, well, it's a natural amphitheater. Yeah, so, yeah. To be out in nature and listening to some good tunes. Now. We've seen him in outdoor venues. Have you ever seen him in an indoor arena? Like I have. Have you? Okay. Yeah. Um, the year um, they opened everything up for after COVID, mm-hmm. um, we had already bought or purchased our tickets um, for that year, and then they canceled because of COVID. And right. Everything. So it was like two years after or a year after they did two shows in Michigan in one year. So in July, which is normal for Dave at Pine Knob, Jackie and I saw um, them. And then in November, I got to see them at Van Andel in Grand Rapids. Grand Rapids. Yep, I do remember him coming the to Grand The sound is a little different, um, but the experience, like you said, it was very much the same. People mm-hmm. were super nice. We were late getting there. Um, our dinner was really great, so we were. <laughs> spending some time at the restaurant so we showed up like after the first couple songs mm-hmm. and uh we had a wonderful time but uh the vibe was the same and people were like yeah they, these are their seats you know like they can stay so come you in. don't and see yeah, that they were wonderful you don't see that no. very often normally they're like show up late to the concert find your own seat yeah you're shit out of luck and we were pretty close to the stage so i was happy about that because i've never purchased Concert tickets for an inside venue. Right. Normally it's outdoors, and I've been there a hundred times. You get to you know where you're seating. Yeah. Is. And uh, in the indoor one, I was like, and we were we were very close to the stage. Oh, that's cool. That was cool. Very cool. All right, All right. we're gonna run another time out here. <laughs> when we come back, we are going to uh, shed some focus on another aspect of Dave Matthews, and that is his acting. <laughs> okay. Um, this is a whole nother conversation. So stick around. More of the Klaus of the Heart podcast is right after this. Hey, it's me, Billy, again. And I'm here to tell you about all of the cool merchandise that is now available at the official online store of the PFC Entertainment Network. Now, along with all of the individual stores from all of the shows, There is a new section for back-to-school stuff. It's that time of year, and we have to think about getting ready for the next school year. Well, if you are a fan of any of the shows of the PFC Network, there's a whole new section of new merchandise. Notebooks and mouse pads and even new apparel with cool new designs to go back to school or to go back to work in. 
whether it's Klaus the Heart, Power Tripping Through the 80s, Turnbuckle Time Machine, The Real Podcast, The Heat Vent, and even the new show, Say What? And if you're over there, be sure to check out another new section that is all about the namesake of this network, a whole new legacy merchandise line for the one and only Pure Fury Jeff Bounce. So check it out. Head over to cafepress.com forward slash PFC Network, the official online store of the Pure Fury Creations Entertainment Network. And welcome back to the flagship show of the PFC Entertainment Network. This is the Klaus to the Heart podcast. And uh, we're talking about Dave Matthews this week. So and we appreciate you tuning in here. I'm with a very good friend of mine, Janelle. And we have been talking pr- pretty much about the music side of Dave Matthews, the Dave Matthews band. But one thing that a lot of people don't, uh appreciate i don't feel like in my in my estimation enough of is his acting ability he's been in in several movies Mm -hmm. and a lot of if you don't know who he is you may not realize that's who that was um unless you follow him or unless you read the credits or stuff like like this and went into the google machine here to look at some of the movies that he had been in and uh, because of Win Dixie was the fir- was the first movie that or the first prominent role that he had had in a movie, I kind of forgot that he was in there. That's more of a serious role. It I is. Um, I like him when he's lighthearted in the comedies and stuff. And that takes him to like all of his appearance in Adam Sandler's movies. And we start mm-hmm. we started talking off air about. <laughs> You yeah, know, you put the kibosh yeah, I was back. like, stop, <laughs> stop fucking talking. We need to get this recorded. You know, and I was more or less saying that to myself. I was like, yeah, well, this is why he and Adam Sandler are friends because they look out good for friends. Yeah, very good friends. Mm-hmm. But the common thing there between the two of them is both of those guys, as successful as they are in different genres, you know, obviously Dave Matthews is more geared towards music and Adam Sandler's more geared towards movies but the two of them intertwine both aspects adam sandler is a very accomplished musician when mm-hmm. he wants to be and dave matthews is a, song. yeah <laughs> I, well i mean all the versions of like right. he has an album know, where it's just songs on it and, and and they're goofy and they're funny but he has a adam sandler we're talking about i know we're kind of going off on on the mm-hmm. sidebar here but he is an accomplished and a very talented musician when he actually tries to be a musician. I think know? that there's a mutual respect there mm-hmm. because Dave Matthews is also very funny. Yeah. So Adam Sandler probably appreciates that and can appreciate that Adam Sandler is musical. And I feel like, you know, like we, like we were starting to talk about when we were on the break there, you know, Adam Sandler looks out for his friends yes. and he makes sure that if he has a movie coming out, he'll, he'll reach out to the David Spades, the Kevin mm-hmm. James, you know, a uh, lot of his Steve friends have careers to think. Yeah. Or, uh, thank them for. And, you know, the same can be said for Dave Matthews, who, you know, goes above and beyond for his friends to make sure that they have opportunities and that they're taken care of. And, you know, a sidebar to that is, I've never seen a headliner introduce their opening bands before, but he does. Dave Matthews does. Yes. Yeah. You don't see that very yeah. often. So 
that to me shows exactly what um like he's got his finger on the pulse of what's truly important it's not a, it's not necessarily mon- monetarily i think he genuinely cares about his fans yeah. so he wants to when he in- introduces his opening acts um sometimes he doesn't have an opening act but sometimes he does um when he does and he inter- um introduces them i think he's making that connection with the crowd that says i approve of this band i endorse them yes, yes. you should give them a listen yeah, uh, the the one that comes to mind in that, and we'll get back to the movies here in a second. <laughs> I promise you, we will. We just went off on the sidebar. Ben Harper. I love Ben Harper. I didn't know who he was until oh, he him. came across. Like I don't know. I, we saw him, and I don't know where we were at, but we saw him open up for Dave Matthews. He's wonderful. And I was like, man, this guy is really. He's got a unique sound. He has a unique, you know, per- perspective. I would bundle the two of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, but much like we were saying, if it wasn't for Dave Matthews, I would never know who Ben Harper was. A couple, I know this is off topic, but a couple of my favorite Ben Harper songs are um, Steal My Kisses. Mm-hmm. I love it. Burn One Down. Yeah. Love that one. Walk Away Forever. The, um, those are... Right. Waiting on an Angel is also really good. Um, those are my favorites. Mm-hmm. But they do have a similar sound to some of Dave's more meaningful songs. Right. So. Well, you know, we talked about the movies aspect of it. And, um, you know, we talked about because of Win Dixie, he had a smaller role in that. Yeah, he was like a shopkeeper. Shopkeeper, or yeah. yeah. Um, I think that was his very first movie. I think it was mm-hmm. too. And then you look at the comedy side of him, and this is where his uh, his his sense of humor is on full display. Yeah, personality comes out. And that's the thing, you know, is not a lot of people incorporate personality with him. But and that and that's why I implore: look, you got to go beyond what is presented to you in an umbrella type of thing. Like, actually, do some research on this guy and. You know, take what you think you know of him off the table. Come into it with a clear mind. You see what he's doing in movies like, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. And <laughs> I mean, that story unto itself is... It's very funny. It is. Mm-hmm. It, and it's it's unorthodox. Right. But it, it worked for him. You Don't Mess With the Zohan is another one of those movies where it was like... <laughs> I cannot believe for the life of me he's playing this kind of role because he, you know, he kind of toyed around with playing a gay character and things of this nature. But I love it when um, actors or artists in general do that, though. You know, they play a different role. Yeah, like um, something that is different from who they are. Yeah. You know, it shows that you have the ability to act. And, of course, I don't have any prejudices against that. No, but, certainly not. Um, but uh, I think for me, you know, in terms of his his appearances in movies and the one that really, like, I remember being in, in the theater and watching this and just laughing my ass off. Say. Just go with it. Oh, my gosh. The scene with him. And, I think it's Nicole Kidman. Yeah. That's his 
wife and, yeah. and they do the they have to move the coconut <laughs> all around them and then she drops it or he drops it and he picks the coconut up with his butt cheeks. <laughs> it is <laughs> very funny. It's so absurd, but it is <laughs> it's so funny, like like you were saying, but it just taps into a different realm of his talent. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know very many other artists that would have been able to do that, pull it off with it. It would be hard for me to have to act through something that absurd and that funny yeah. with a straight face. For I real. mean, you, he takes it seriously. And mm-hmm. he's having a good time while he's doing it. You know, and that seems to be the reoccurring theme, no matter what this guy does, he's having a good time. Mm-hmm. You talked a little bit about, I don't know if it was on air or off air, we were talking about him dancing. Oh, I love his dancing. And, um, he, you know, he's not he's not on the level of a Michael Jackson no. or, or anything <laughs> like this, but what you're seeing when he does dance is you are watching a man feel the music. Absolutely. And he's enjoying what he's doing. And that, I think, when, when you bottom line it, And I think that might be why I appreciate the Dave Matthews band so much is he believes in what he's doing. He believes in what he's saying and he's having fun with it. And if you're not having fun doing something, what is the point in even doing it? Absolutely. And he takes his stardom for the lack of a better term Mm -hmm. and uses it good he yeah. doesn't try to belittle people he Lots actually uses exactly mm-hmm. he will use his name he will use his celebrity status to raise awareness for different things happening in our world yeah human rights he did the farm aid yeah we um, just talked about yeah that. we just talked about that um what else has he done the environmental um activism that he does mm-hmm. uh, these movies are a different side of him but he also has that vineyard um in virginia yeah charlottesville and that's i think a lot of the i I don't want to say something that's not true but i want to say a part of that proceeds goes to help environmental stuff i think that's what i saw i no i i believe that's accurate and i should just use the google there's uh, there's other things like uh well the last few times that i've gone to his concerts um, they have sold different cups and that was during the COVID thing that they were sending money to the COVID, the frontline workers. I'll be down. That's yeah, that's absolutely wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. No, <laughs> we call these sidebars here on the show. I, I mean, it's part of what we do here. Um, I just, I, I, I just love the fact that he is, even with all the money that he's made, all the celebrity status that he has acquired, it hasn't gone to his head. No, he seems like he's a pretty down-to-earth yeah. guy. I mean, he's married with children yep. and um, got another side business. And I know, I don't know. You know, you talked about the the marriage thing and the the one story that I heard. I was like, wow, that. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. The wedding rings that he and his wife wear, or one of the one, I don't know how many wedding rings he has, but <laughs> um, they each have a ring that was made out of pennies Aww. that he had saved when he first started his band. 
That is so sweet. So I they, did not know that. Yeah. So That's they sweet. took, you know, these pennies and had them melted down and formed into rings. And they both have rings that are made out of the very first pennies that he was scrounging up before he got big and famous. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's cool. Pretty, pretty awesome. Um, another thing, uh, his wife, I think, I think I read somewhere that the song Crush was written about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, Al- and Alligator Pie was written for his daughter, yeah. Stella. Yeah. And, uh, oh, funny thing about that is um, he's got the twins, um, and he uses the word grace a lot mm-hmm. in a lot of his songs, and one of his daughter's names is Grace. Yeah. So um, his daughter, Stella, said, Dad, when are you going to put me in a song? And that's Alligator Pie. Yeah. That's the actual lyrics. Yep. Love that song. I just certain a lot of songs, his lyrics are really good. Though. They really are, and 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 they resonate for different reasons. All mm-hmm. depending, you know, if, if you're going through something, he's singing about it in some in, <laughs> in, in some way or another. You just kind of figure out which one, what song it is, and that's why I incorporate that into my conversations. Listen, I understand where you're coming from. Listen to this song. This will maybe put it in a different perspective for you and, mm-hmm. and a lot of times it has helped they've come back and be like not only did that song you know not only was it what i needed to hear i've now become a fan of this guy you know i'm like well hey great one of the songs that really like the lyrics resonated with me was um dancing nancy's and uh i was in my early 20s and when i discovered that song and one of the opening lines for um, a verse is 23 and so tired of life such a shame to throw it all away and I was very depressed at that time and that song was um, I wouldn't say it was instrumental in getting me out of it but it made me realize that I don't want to be anybody but who I am because that's another lyric in the song but I have been anyone other than me yeah no, I wouldn't be happy being anyone other than me. And that song really touched me and resonated with me. So I feel like his lyrics are pretty powerful. They really are. They truly are. Um, his cover songs. Oh, yeah, let's touch on those. He, Some of the funkier stuff. <laughs> he has done, if you listen to his live albums, there's at least one, if not two covers in any given show. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them, yeah, Yeah. um, uh, you know, with some of them, like all along the watchtower is very popular. He has done that several times and a lot of people will associate that song with Hendrix. I associate it with Bob Dylan. Do you? Yeah. I think he's the original. He is. Yes. Uh, great storyteller. He really is. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, Dylan was. The originator of that song, but Hendrix is Made the one. Popular. Yeah, he <laughs> popularized it, and I feel like, like when I hear that, and it when when Dave does it, it's it's got a different feel to it than the way Hendrix. All three of them. Yeah. All three of them are different storytellers telling the same story. And it it's remarkable how they're they're able to to do that. Absolutely. To incorporate their own vision, their own way of seeing it or feeling it more more than anything. We talked about Sweet Caroline. Sweet Caroline is a very popular song no matter bum, bum, yeah. Bum. I mean Neil Diamond doing it is one thing, yeah. but when you get in 
when you get in front of 20,000 people that are already in a good vibe. Yeah. And Dave goes into that song, one of those fan participation songs and on full display. Um, it really, like, I've always, I've always liked that song, but I have a better appreciation for it now. And on the flip side of that, he does a cover of Down by the River, mm-hmm. which I've is... I've never heard that one. Okay. So, that is a Neil Young song, and it is a very dark song. Mm-hmm. But the way Dave rearranges it, and then he had, he goes into his more gruff voice mm-hmm. for it, and it's like, man, this is hitting on a completely different feel. I'll have to look it up and listen. At, I'll, I'll send it to you here, should, in, yeah. here in a little bit. Please. Absolutely. My, um, um, my favorite covers that they do, are, um, or that Dave does, is um, Burning Down the House yep. by the Talking Heads. I think they do a wonderful job at that. Also, Sledgehammer. One of my I favorites. I love their rendition of Sledgehammer, one of my favorites, too. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. And because Jimmy Buffett just passed away, I think he and Jack, uh, Jack Johnson, they do a wonderful cover of What a Pirate Looks Like Yeah. That is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but that is on a completely different album. That's not on a I Dave think it's Matthews. A, on Jack's, Jack yeah. Johnson's. Um, he was, you know, I Dave think it's was a like, live album. It too. is a live album. Yeah. yeah, that I do know because and I and they changed the lyrics too. Yeah. Instead of um, "I've run my share of coke," it's "I've run my share of weed." Yeah, <laughs> kind of dial it down a little bit. Well, and I think Dave was a little he parked. Absolutely, he does. <laughs> Late, I was, you know, I'm on <clears throat> against my better judgment. We're, you know, the network is now on TikTok, and uh, like I, a whole other thing, but. <laughs> I follow Dave Matthews band on TikTok and it was a, uh, you know, every once in a while they'll throw an interview up there like he had done with Howard Stern. Mm. And uh, Howard Stern is a wonderful interviewer too. He really is. He can bring things out of people that you wouldn't normally think mm-hmm. come out in conversation. So you, you, when you, when you hear him, when you hear Dave Matthews talk about um, more serious tones and more serious you know subject matters um he comes at it from a different perspective but he's made no bones about the fact that um weed and mushrooms are very much was that psilocybin or psilocybin how do you say that it's a mushroom uh, uh there's studies done that can help with like depression yeah. and stuff like that but he's you know he's been an advocate for as long as it's done the right way and you don't let it go to the extreme naturally yeah Yeah. Yeah. uh but you know it's it's cool that especially in this day and age when like marijuana for example was so taboo and now you we we could sit here if we wanted to place an order on my phone (laughs) and within 45 (laughs) minutes somebody's knocking at my door with a bag of weed you know what i'm saying like what a world we live in right right um but the, the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, yeah, he's, he does, he did, he doesn't advocate it, but he doesn't shy away from no, it yeah. either, which is kind of cool because, yeah, this is what I do. I may not necessarily I don't promote think I've ever, it. Yeah. And I don't think I've ever seen a picture of him like with it mm-hmm. or anything like that. He's very 
cautious about what he puts out in the world. I, yeah, his public presentation mm-hmm. is not, I don't want to say it's protected, but it is, um, he makes a, he makes a concentrated effort. Yeah. You know, what he does on his personal time is on his personal time. And what he does on a public realm, you know, that's something different. You and I have sat here for what, an hour or so? Little, hour and a half, going on two. Yeah. Okay. Talking about all the good things um, that he does and how he is and everything. But he gets such a bad rap in Hollywood. People pick on him all the time. I don't I never understood that. I'll tell you why. And as, as you were saying that, what popped up in my head was a couple of skits that I've seen on Saturday Night Live <laughs> where people have portrayed him. Actually, there was one. He was the, the musical guest, but they had him incorporated into one of the skits. He played Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, and I don't remember what cast member. It may have been Jimmy Fallon was playing Dave Matthews. And they were sitting on the couch next to each other. And them trying to bust each other was fucking phenomenal. But um, I don't, I feel like, yeah, he does get, he does get picked on for the lack of a better term. But I wonder how much of that is based on, wow, you have done some amazing things to the point to where we can't ignore it. Yeah. So So we're actually paying homage to you. When you are getting picked on, it's because you've done something. Like it's a, a tease. It's not necessarily like bullying. Yeah, bullying. Yeah. It's just teasing. Yeah. One of my favorite times, I shouldn't say my favorite times he's been picked on, but it is, is in Parks and Recreation, the TV show, mm-hmm. when uh, April and Andy are trying to make, um, I can't think of his name. Chris Traeger. Okay. <laughs> They're trying to make him feel better. And Andy's like, I'll say good things to make you happy. And April says, I'll say bad things to make you bring you back down, like even you out. And one of the last things Andy says is good thing is Dave Matthews band. And one of the things, the last thing April says is a bad thing is Dave Matthews band. <laughs> 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 so it like evens them out. And it just, it makes me laugh every time. That's yeah. probably a poor description, but. If you know, you know. <laughs> right. That's exactly what that is. But, uh, you know, he is, uh, it took him a minute. Excuse me. It took him a minute to get some traction. Much like any other band, you know. Anybody that's trying to make their name in any kind of entertainment genre, <laughs> I can write a book about it. But uh, the, the fact that he is making the strides that he is and he has amass this incredible fan following worldwide mm-hmm. it's not just regulated to the united states this dude is known around the world now oh, yeah. at this point and uh are you a member of the warehouse you know i'm not i'm not either but and my best friend is we we, so. we said it, it, isn't that stupid though we've sat here for two hours now talking Praised about him. this right. <laughs> and we're not members maybe maybe because we're doing this maybe we'll get honorary memberships to the oh. men, to the warehouse well my friend Jackie's a member, so whatever she gets, she usually gets me. Yeah. So if we, you know, like if we get early access to tickets, she purchases them. So I mean, you're reaping the rewards, right? Sure. And sure. I'm grateful for them. Yeah. I mean, she's one of my best friends, and I love her for it. <laughs> it that's well, that's cool because you guys 
you guys have that bond with this band. Oh, we do. Yeah. You know. She has um, a Dave Matthews tattoo on her um, calf. Mm-hmm. Uh, she got her favorite song tattooed on her, and it says Grace Street down the back of her calf. And I have a Dave Matthews tattoo on the top of my foot. The fire um, dancer? No. Um, I have lyrics from the song Fool to Think, and it says, I'll dance a thousand steps for you. I love that. I love that. It's meaningful to me. It is. The um, song is kind of sad. Yeah, but listen, you know, tattoos are a very permanent thing. So if you're getting... It's so, a reminder for me. If something registers with you on that level to where you're okay with having that tattooed permanently on you, um, that speaks volumes. Well, Fool to Think is about um, somebody who would do anything for their partner, anything in a relationship. You know, I'll do anything. And uh, they kind of get taken advantage of and then abused a little bit. Right. Um, so it's a reminder to me to, I'll do anything, but if you treat me poorly, I'm, I got to walk away. Right. It's kind of the mantra that I have adopted um, in the last couple of years. You know, um, very much life-altering shit has gone on from my perspective. Uh, so I, I can appreciate that on a couple different levels here. Mm-hmm. Um, as we're nearing the end of this segment, and we look at the different concerts and the, and the different venues, I know we've touched on the Gorge. Uh, that's in Washington State, right? I believe that's where yeah. it is. And Red Rock is in Colorado. Is, is it? Yeah, mm-hmm. that I do know. The National Park out there, yep. I believe, yeah. Is there any other venues that, I mean, aside from Cancun? Cancun um, is on my yeah, list. Yeah, <laughs> Listen, Cancun, that's like on a beach Gorge, Cancun, and like a Red Rock is like on the, on the upper echelon, but is there any other venues that he goes to or that you would like to see him perform in? We touched on this just a minute ago and during the break, um, that I would like to see him play in Virginia. I would like to see him play in his home state. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that they would really go out, you know, for their home. Homecoming. Yeah. Yeah. Homecoming. Like we're back. Yep. Play all the jams. I bet that. Maybe I'll write him a letter and say, "Play this, all these songs, (laughs) (laughs) and I will come to the show." (laughs) We are going to write your set list (laughs) for this. My set list would be great, though. I may have no doubt. I have no doubt. I put a bunch of fine or great. What songs resonate with you that we haven't touched on yet? Um, so this year I was lucky enough to go to um, see Dave Matthews again at, at Pine Knob with both of my best friends. Um, my One of my best friends just moved back from Tennessee, mm. and she was like, I want to go with you this year. So I had both my best friends with me. And the very first time Jackie and I got to see Dave live, the first song that he played or they played was Ants Marching. So that's like her and my song. Mm-hmm. And then the very first song that Lisa and I got to hear together was um, Warehouse. So I think that's our song. I had to make sure it was Warehouse, not Halloween. <laughs> I think it's Warehouse. Uh, we were talking on the break. You brought up the song 41. What is it about that song that resonates with you? I don't think that it just resonates with me. I think it resonates with everybody. Like, it's just, 
when they play 41, it seems like the crowd just, everybody knows it. Everybody, um, everybody sings along. Mm -hmm. It's one of those songs that just kind of hits you. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, I get it. I didn't know if there was a specific reason that, uh, you know, that, that, that it registers with you or something that happened. Yeah. Listen, uh, this was a fun conversation. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, I hope I did okay. You did great. <laughs> you had, well, I mean, you know, you did because we played a little bit back during during the break. So I mean, it didn't ma it didn't make me want to gouge my eyeballs out. So I think we're good. okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, listen. Uh, By the way, yeah. I like well, thanks. I'm a big fan of yours as Thank well. You. Yeah. <laughs> the, the listeners can't see it, but we're both sporting uh, Dave Matt. Uh, merchandise, <laughs> T-shirts, and things of this nature. And uh, I, listen, the door is always open for you to be a part of this. Uh, you, you did very well today. Well, thank you, know, you for, for, for your first time being a part of a podcast. So here for it. Uh, if anybody's got any questions, comments, feedback, show topic ideas, hit us up over on our Facebook page. Look for Klaus to the Heart or PFC Entertainment Network. Go to our online store cafepress.com forward slash PFC network for all the latest merchandise with our various logos and designs for all the shows here. And with that, go out this week, be awesome to yourselves and to each other. And we will see you next week on a new episode of the Calls to the Heart podcast, the flagship show of the PFC Entertainment Network.